Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. 48 Hours presents It was a beautiful wedding. We had a wonderful relationship. I was very in love. Very in love. Very, very in love. Gary had a very big personality. He was a big gambler, and he loved it. When they first met, she claimed that Gary had told her, I'm worth 10 million, 20 million. It was in the high millions. Gary Triano, he'd been a hugely successful financial developer and entrepreneur. He was doing tribal gambling business. That money, which he got every month, was big money. The tribe and himself did not agree on certain things. He was basically forced out of his gambling connection. He was on a downward spiral financially, and there were people who were upset with him. Your husband, he owed a casino in Las Vegas several million dollars, 1.8 million to an ex-wife, $91,000 to an attorney, hundreds of thousands of dollars to a group of Mexican investors who people said were involved in criminal activity. Probably. November 1st, 1996 at the La Paloma Country Club. It's a, you know, a luxury resort, spa, and a fantastic golf course. Gary Triano finishes playing a game of golf, walks to his car, and there's an explosion. There's some kind of an explosion in the Country Club parking lot, and I guess it's a massive fire. What kind of bomb are we talking about? We're talking about a pipe bomb, an extremely large pipe bomb compared to what is normally out there. Was this survivable? No. Gary Triano didn't have a chance. He was a dead man. I was absolutely hysterical. 
And I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I gonna do? But you must have asked, who could have killed Gary? I immediately thought, who is it that he hadn't paid? Before the bombing, Gary was totally in fear. Going around with a gun? He had life threats. I had life threats. The children had life threats. We're talking about Mexican mafia people you don't cross. There was serious, serious things going on. I saw the list. It was titled a kill list. And it had names. And Gary Chano was at the top. Did Pam ever talk to you about Gary's business associations with organized crime? Never. Never? Never. She was one of your closest friends. No talk about mob-related people. Never. Threatening phone calls at the house. That's absurd. She felt unsafe. She felt her children were under threat. No, I don't believe that ever happened. I think that's just completely made up. Do you believe Pam would have done anything for money? Well, yeah. I'm Peter Van Sant. Tonight on 48 Hours, The Hit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It was back in the 90s, and Pam Phillips and her husband Gary Triano were living large. Here in the posh foothills of Tucson, they were rich. Gary was a wheeler dealer, creating businesses, running Indian bingo, playing a lot of golf. And some say Gary was rubbing shoulders with wise guys. He was flamboyant in a way that I wouldn't normally fall for. She sold commercial real estate. I was worth, I think, a million eight, two million in there. Made totally on my own. They were socialites with connections. Connections like their celebrity pals, Donald and Marla Trump. Marla, I love. Marla is like an angel. And Donald, I adore as well. And he is one of the funniest people to be around. You can imagine. Donald and Marla came, and actually they went to, took them to a basketball game together. Laura Chapman was part of the gang, a friend. 
We love our Wildcats. We're big, huge Wildcat fans. University here. of Arizona. Absolutely. And it was in the paper the next day, you know, here's Gary and Pam walking down the steps with Donald and Marla. Gary and Pam married in 1986. They had a couple of kids and settled into a comfortable life. When she and Gary were married, Pam didn't even work. She lived a very pampered lifestyle and Gary provided that for her. Tell me about going to Vegas with Gary and Pam. That was a trip. It was a lot of fun. He had his own plane, so he would fly us in. What kind of plane? Just a, it was just a, a small jet. It was like a... Just a small jet. Just a small jet. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Absolutely. But all that glitters is not, well, you know the story. And after seven years of marriage, things fell apart. Gary was pushed out of the Indian bingo, and his personal gambling debts skyrocketed. In 1993, Pam and Gary separated and eventually divorced. She moved to Aspen, he stayed in Tucson. Until that day, November 1st, 1996. The bomb was so powerful, it literally sent debris flying 200 yards into the air. The windshield actually flew over these trees and into the swimming pool area. Just five days before Gary's 53rd birthday. Gary definitely was a target. Gene Reedy is a Pima County investigator. Gary suspected he was being followed and told people he was being followed by an individual that was driving a green Jeep-type SUV. Was that vehicle seen on the day Gary Triano was murdered? There was a similar vehicle, or the specific vehicle was seen up at La Paloma Resort. That's where the bomb went off. Where the bombing happened, that's correct. We're on an explosives range in the remote mountains of New Mexico. Over those hills, about 40 miles from here, is where they detonated the first atomic bomb. These ATF agents... Watch your strap. They worked the Triano bombing and came up with some crucial clues. This is the exact location where the device was when it detonated and murdered Gary Triano. Gary Triano had just finished 18 holes with a pal. He walked to his car. When he entered the car, he leaned over and seen this unknown bag that was sitting here exactly where it's at right now. And like anybody, he probably reached over and grabbed it, right? He did. What's, he, what's this? ATF bomb expert Tony May. This is a reconstruction of the device. And special agent Tom Mangan. When you look at something this size, they say this is overkill. Recreated the bomb at our request. And I'll get Stand into his car. Count. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Lead the way. Yep. Let's check out the damage. Look at the blast pressures, Tony. Yeah. This is all pieces from this last blast. Correct. What we're looking at here. Correct. But the, for you guys, this is all evidence. This is it? all evidence. Yeah. But from here, we have to sort out what is car parts and what is bomb parts. Right. You know, we're, if you see anything from the bomb. This is an end cap from the pipe bomb itself. Look at the frag pattern on this door. Frag uh, pattern being these holes. Frag pattern being these holes. Right now, we're looking at the seat of the explosion. And the explosion the itself. Right, right. And you see the fragmentation. Was this 
survivable. No. It was quick, it was calculated, and it was murder. This is an exterior door panel that's been blown off. There are people who look at this circumstance and say, this looks like a classic mob hit. Right, with the bombing. Everybody looked at that and said, that's a signature mob hit. Detective James Gamber has been on the case from day one. I was two months into homicide. And you get one of the biggest cases in Tucson history. We continue to work it for 18 years. 18 years of your life? Yes. It took so long because it's been an unusually tangled story, filled with endless leads and with curious characters, many with their own theories, characters like Dr. Lawrence D'Antonio. I'm a family physician here in Tucson, Arizona. I've known Gary Trano since I was a little boy. He's also convinced mobsters killed Gary Triano because he says Gary owed them money and wouldn't pay. He's a very flamboyant man, and he's also very good looking, but he's rotten to the core. He was a con man. He was a thief, and he would rob or steal from anybody, including his own family, his own wife. That's the way he was. Dr. D'Antonio says Triano associated with known criminals, like the infamous mafia boss, Joe Bonanno, who retired in Tucson. Gary Triano's first business was financed by um, Joseph Bonanno. Was Gary Triano living in a dangerous lifestyle? Oh, absolutely. Gary carried a gun all the time. And Dr. D'Antonio says he has even seen proof that Gary Triano was on a kill list. There were a lot of names on this list, and some names would come and go, but Gary Triano was always at the top. The minute the doctor heard about the bombing, he was sure who did it. I was absolutely sure that Gary Trano had just been murdered by Neil McNeese. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You like the old gumshoe. You like to get out, talk one-on-one -on -one to people. I'm, I'm old style. I blend in, I fit in, I try and make people comfortable. Investigator Gene Reedy was trying to help Pam Phillips finger the man who he believed killed her ex. I'll tell you what I think happened. I think Gary really burned someone really good and somebody was really upset and someone, someone was going to kill him. He's got a pretty good idea of who no, that someone no, was. This man here is the man that orchestrated this. Like Dr. D'Antonio, Reedy thinks the killer is a man 
named Neil McNeese. When Neil McNeese was on drugs, he was a completely psychotic, insane guy. All I ever met in his world, his entourage, was drug dealers, drug addicts, strippers, prostitutes, and bad guys. He had a lot of bad guys that worked for him. McNeese was a rich kid. He'd inherited millions from his family's uranium mining fortune. He also owned a piece of an indie race car team. But Dr. D'Antonio, who once was McNeese's personal physician, says his patient slipped into an even faster lane. He was heavily on drugs, and his drugs were cocaine and heroin. And that's when the trouble started. According to D'Antonio, the beef between McNeese and Gary Triano was over a huge diamond ring. A gorgeous uh, diamond wedding ring. And this thing was magnificent. And Gary said, pitched it as a quarter of a million dollar ring. As the doc tells it, Triano needed cash. So he offered up his wife's $250,000 wedding ring to McNeese as collateral for a loan. But there was a problem. The diamond was a fake. And when McNeese realized he'd been scammed, all hell broke loose. And Neil went absolutely crazy. And he started to tell me, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. And he said, and when I kill Gary Triano, it will be spectacular. The whole world will know I killed him. Gary Triano owed him a debt, and I believe that's why Gary Triano was killed. Reedy says, He's got it all figured out. I'm taking to where I believe the bomb was built. Let's go inside. This place looks like a movie set. Thousands of parts, heavy machinery. He has everything here that could be used to build the bomb. We found at least six pieces of the puzzle within this drawer right here. We found the shotgun shells, we found bearings, the same type of powder that was used in the bomb. We found the Radio Shack receipts. That right linked there. all this together. That linked all this together. Reedy says the man who built the bomb, right here in this shop, was a model airplane hobbyist named Jerry Capuano. This is his bomb builder, he built the bomb. Reedy's theory of the crime is this. The bad boy millionaire McNeese put together a whole hit team to go after Gary Triano. It was a bunch of lowlifes. This is his bodyguard who orchestrated and got the hit crew together with these two guys. And these two guys have a past criminal history. They're complete thugs. McNeese and his bodyguard also had a criminal history. They were convicted of extortion for threatening another man who owed McNeese money. This is where Gary came this the is, day of his death. This is where Gary came to play golf. Reedy says he has found a witness who saw that hit team right here in the parking lot. Directly next to Gary Triano when the bomb went off, there was an individual in a vehicle who was sitting there reading a magazine. Now he was looking in his mirror and he saw an individual back by the bushes. He also saw another individual straight ahead up on this knoll directly in front of us that we're pulling around to. And you believe that person was doing what? I believe those two people were involved involved in the bombing. So, to sum up this tangled story so far, millionaire businessman Gary Triano gets in big trouble with mobsters and they kill him. Case closed, right? Well, not really. That's just the opening scene of this mystery. 
Turns out, lead detective James Gamber doesn't buy Reedy's mob hit theory. They were all looked at and discounted. Police didn't believe the whole diamond ring story. They didn't buy the bomb factory or the hit team, and they didn't believe any of the other mob hit theories either. The Mexican group, the financial group, discounted. Just a bad business deal. We went and talked to the casinos, and they said, yeah, we lose money all the time. We don't go out and kill people for the money. But Tucson detective James Gamber had another lead. In December 1996, just weeks after Gary Triano's murder, his ex-wife, Pam Phillips, filed a life insurance claim, a big one. There was a $2 million life insurance policy. $2 million, more than enough reason for Detective Gamber to travel to Aspen, where he spoke to Pam face to face. The money would go to Pam as the trustee. She's the only person, when you followed the money, that benefited at all. There's nothing about me, nothing about me, that would ever harm a person, ever, ever. There was no money motive. There was no insurance motive. Gamber questioned Pam. She told him she divorced Gary Triano, escaped from Tucson, and fled to Aspen, all because she was terrified. There was things happening with him that I couldn't understand. He was off the wall, off the wall. And you moved because? Because our lives were threatened. I mean, our lives were threatened. Gary feared everything. Gary was totally in fear, going around with a gun. But Pam's friend, Laura Chapman, has a different take. Why did things go wrong in their marriage? And when things started to go downward and the money was not going to be there anymore and that, you know, the rich and famous lifestyle was going to be evaporating, I think she saw the writing on the wall and said, you know, I don't think I want to be in this relationship anymore. Pam tells this story with such conviction that she'd reached a point that where she had to leave Gary because of the people he was dealing with, the threats to her family, everyone was scared, and she had to move to Aspen to save her children. That's absolutely ridiculous. That is not why she moved to Aspen. Why'd she move to Aspen? She, you know, she was looking for her next ATM, her next bank. She was looking for somebody to provide her that lifestyle again. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. After her divorce, Pam Phillips' old friend, Laura Chapman, says Pam was in the mood for love in Aspen. Once she got to Colorado, 
what was Pam looking for in a man? No, I think she was looking for us to make sure that he had a basically a net worth probably of at least 10 million or more. <laughs> that was the aphrodisiac. That was the attraction. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't really matter what they looked like, just as long as they had a lot of money. Pam, as usual, gravitated to her people, the rich and famous. She became a successful real estate agent and resumed her life as a socialite. But she had one friend who didn't seem to fit the mold. His name was Ron Young. I met him at a party next door, the duplex next door to me. Very tall. The guy is like a skyscraper. He was a business manager to people that were at this barbecue. And I could use some help with my business. And so that's kind of what, what ended up happening. Pam says Ron helped her with her business interests, and she paid him cash. Pam owned an online company called Star Babies, making astrology charts for infants. I hand-wrote all the different uh, planetary aspects to understand our children and be a better parent. What was your relationship with Ron? Strictly business, pretty much. I mean, um, doing uh, business plans. He helped on pretty much everything, you know. He helped a lot. But Pam's nanny in Aspen told police that her relationship with Ron Young soon moved from the office to the bedroom. Now, you're here to tell me the truth, right? I'm here to tell you the truth. <laughs> Did your business relationship with Ron mm -hmm. turn into a romantic relationship? Uh, no, not really. Because it's been alleged that you were lovers. No. Were you? No, we were not lovers. <laughs> this is like embarrassing. Could we have crashed out having wine fully clothed, you know, on a couch or on a bed? That might have happened once or twice. You know, we were not lovers, no. In the summer of 1996, Pam suddenly turned on her partner, accusing Ron Young of fraud, using her credit cards. When she called the cops, Ron disappeared. Several months later, in November of 1996, Gary Triano was blown up in his car. The bomb blew off the roof and killed Triano only days before his 53rd birthday. And in Aspen, a cop who dealt with Pam in the fraud case saw the bombing story on TV and called Tucson. Detective James Gamber took the call. We get a call from Detective Crowley with the Aspen Police Department. And he says, hey, I have a suspect in a fraud case up in Aspen. His name is Ron Young, this gentleman right here. Turns out that Ron Young had a criminal record. Right yes. This was a new, intriguing lead, a link between Pam and a small-time crook. Where it becomes more interesting is when we actually interview Pamela Phillips and we ask her, we say, who's Ron Young? And she basically minimizes his relationship to her. Oh, he's somebody who did some financial work for me. She doesn't talk about the fraud, and she is basically shaken by the question. I mean, visibly shaken by the question. It's a bad movie. It's a nightmare. I would never kill Gary, the father of my children. It's just I can't even stand it. I'm not even going to go there. It's just not real. Pam may have been shaken and detectives suspicious, but they didn't yet have a case. What's worse, Ron Young was nowhere to be found. For nine years, the case languished. Uh, another look at the frag pattern on this door. Then, in 2005, the case heated up. 
The bomb expert Tony May and agent Tom Mangan of the ATF were reviewing cold cases. They took another look at the murder of Gary Triano. Tell me what this bomb tells you about a potential suspect. Well, it, it, it tells me quite a bit, actually, from the size of the battery to the fact that a remote control system was used. This is somebody that, that was familiar with model uh, boats, model airplanes. But they uh, determined the bomb builder was an amateur. Cards. You have sloppy solder points. In this case, the solder points were globbed on. How was this 17-inch pipe bomb detonated? Okay. He's using a remote control firing system. You just buy this at a hobby shop. Buy it in a hobby shop. And when he sees Mr. Triano get into the vehicle and get close proximity to the bomb, he initiates the device. And boom. And boom. Uh, looking at the holes in the roof. The experts were now sure. Because of the sloppy workmanship, the bomb was probably not the work of a mob hitman. As far as the cops were concerned, that took the gangster theory of the crime off the table for good. Whose handwriting is this? As he studied the files, Tucson detective James Gamber became more and more convinced the key to the case would be the relationship between Pam Phillips and the vanished con man, Ron Young. Then in 2005, a break. Ron Young was arrested in Florida on fraud and gun charges. When police searched his apartment, they discovered something amazing. Ron Young was an obsessive record keeper. Gamber learned that during the 1990s, Young had received significant cash payments from a woman in Colorado. Usually between 18 and $2,000. The woman sent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Her name, Pam Phillips. Why did she pay Ron Young $400,000? You tell me. Because she was paying him for the murder. The murder? Of Gary Triano. Of Gary Triano. Yes. This has nothing to do with me. My children have to know this has nothing to do with me. I had nothing to do with the death of their father. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But investigators have said you had two million reasons. What? What? Two million dollars in life insurance money. I didn't even know that I had that. Well, she needed money and she wanted to get Gary out of her life. So she reaches out to Ron Young and basically, if you look at all the evidence collectively, says, if Gary dies, I get two million dollars. If you kill him, I'll give you 400,000. And for you, that's the motive of this crime. Correct. Ron Young didn't just keep extensive financial records, he also recorded dozens of hours of telephone conversations. Listen to this. About enough to live on for about a year. Well, how could you... Uh... That's Ron Young talking to Pam. If I uh, ever found out that you compromised me uh, for your benefit, it would um, be really unfortunate for you because uh, there are just plenty of stuff that... Uh, I just literally dig out of the ground and uh, you're a fried duck. Then, investigators discovered this startling piece of audio tape. Well, I tell you, you're going to be very serious. When you sit in a women's prison for murder... I only know of one murder that Pam Phillips is associated with. Finish your thought. That's Gary Triano. So what murder could they be talking about? 
For Detective Gamber, this case was becoming one of sex, lies, and audio tape. But it all came together when an obscure police report from 1996 turned up. That was the same year Gary Triano was blown up. Back then, a rented van was found abandoned in Southern California. No one knew it at the time, but that van would contain some important circumstantial evidence. And guess who rented it? Ron Young. They find basically a map of Tucson. As far as we know, Ron Young has no relationship to Tucson. There were several notes, one that lists out people that are very close to Gary Triano. We find a receipt for a local hotel. We find where he stayed there for 18 days under the name of Philip Desmond. Then we find some of the divorce paperwork from Pam and Gary's divorce. We find With this new evidence Young that Young was in Tucson prior to the bombing stalking Triano, Gamber now believed he had a case. And in October 2008, Ron Young was charged with Gary Triano's murder. Pam Phillips was next in Gamber's sights. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. By 2008, Pam Phillips had moved to Europe. Switzerland, mostly, to be with her daughter, who was a student there. Then, there was a revelation. It all came flooding back to me. It was like, oh my gosh, she really did do it. Laura Chapman, Pam's old pal from Tucson, came forward to tell police a story she says she was too frightened to tell for 15 years. Were you scared? Yeah, I was scared. Laura says that back in 1993, shortly after the Triano separated, Pam said Gary was acting crazy one night, threatening her and waving a gun. She called me and she called another woman to come over to their home and she said, you know, I should just hire someone and have them taken out. And you know, then I can collect on the insurance policy. And for cops, Laura's story was the last piece of the puzzle. In October 2008, Pam Phillips and Ron Young were indicted on the same day for conspiracy and murder. It would take a year before Pam was tracked down in Europe, now in Austria, and arrested. 
it would be another year before she was extradited to the U.S. in 2010. So we agree on one point to seven. As all this was happening, Pam's partner, Ron Young, stood trial. He denied everything and never implicated Pam. But in the end, those records and audio tapes did him in. We, the jury, join the defendant, Ronald Kelly Young, guilty of the offense of first-degree murder. And then, back in Arizona... In Division 27 of the Superior Court... It was Pam Phillips's turn. This is your arraignment. Those are your charges. But then, a major delay. Pam's lawyers claimed she was mentally unfit to stand trial. Pam, is it true that you once believed that you had some sort of computer chip or brain implants <laughs> put in that was controlling your thoughts and actions? Let's just put it this way. I was a mess. I was a mess. I was a mess. Finally, on February 19th, 2014. This time we're going to be hearing opening statements from the attorneys. 17 years after Gary Triano's murder, Tucson's trial of the century began. It is time to hold Pamela Phillips responsible for her crimes. It is time to find Pamela Phillips guilty. The prosecution case was straightforward. Pam was portrayed as a financially desperate woman, willing to kill her husband for that $2 million life insurance policy. The only person who stood to gain any benefit from Gary Triano's death was Pamela Phillips. The prosecution's star witness was Laura Chapman. I remember saying who told that damning story of Pam wanting to hire someone to take out her husband. Is Pam looking at you while you are testifying? I don't know, Peter, because I never, ever looked at her. Pam was outraged by Laura's story. That she should just hire a hitman, have, have, have him taken out? No, I know. Those words would not come out of my mouth ever, ever, ever. And there's one more thing Pam wants people to know oh about Laura she Chapman, really that she had a medical condition that affected her memory. Poor girl, she had a she had a brain tumor. Something happened to her medically. That's that is that is so ridiculous. First of all, I didn't have a brain tumor when she told me this. It happened many years later. It'll be nine years this month, and it does not affect my memory one bit. My memory is perfect. The leads that they dropped. The leads that they dropped. Pam's defense was simple. Someone else did it. Who killed Gary Triano? Neil McNeese, I believe. Pam's attorney, Paul Eckerstrom, says the angry millionaire had the motive and the ability. He says that makes a lot more sense than the notion that Ron Young built the bomb. Ron Young couldn't even fix a flashlight or a screw in a light bulb, far as I can tell. We found out who did this, and we've got strong, strong evidence of who did this, and it wasn't Pam, and it wasn't Ronald Young. It was people that were involved with organized crime. But the tapes recorded by Ron Young himself haunted the defense. 
Well, I tell you, you're going to be very serious when you sit in a women's prison for murder. The problems with this, these tapes, they're spliced and diced, we believe. They're, they were never authenticated by any expert. The defense argues that if you listen to the entire audio tape, it's obvious that Ron Young is talking about his own medical problems and that if Pam didn't give him money for treatment, she'd be murdering him. I'm the one who's dying. I have a need. You have my principal. I want a little bit of it so I can proceed. Eckerstrom says the true story behind most of the tapes was extortion. Ron Young was just trying to get money out of Pam. What he had on Pam was the fact that she had a reputation in Aspen to protect. It was a small town. She was a real estate agent. She needed her reputation. According to the defense, Pam was afraid that Ron would spread the news that she was being investigated in the death of her ex-husband. If Pam paid him, Ron would keep his mouth shut. You're talking about a guy who's an extortionist. This is what he does. He's squeezing Pam is what you're saying. Yeah, he's squeezing Pam. With a minor in chemistry. Finally, Pam's defense presented what they were convinced would be a knockout blow. Something discovered among the bomb fragments. We found DNA on the bomb. DNA, the CSI moment. Would it work? That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. That's why Huggies is the number one best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit and 12-hour protection against leaks. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. In the end, the bomb which killed Gary Triano came back to center stage. I thought once we had this, we won the case. The defense claimed they discovered dramatic new DNA evidence. This is one of the places we found it embedded in the wood. We excluded Ronald Young as the bomb maker. And if Ron Young didn't do it, then Pam is innocent. So this is a CSI moment as far as you're concerned, right? Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Pam's innocent. All we need to do is create a reasonable doubt. After eight weeks of trial, you have to tell the state, don't charge somebody with scant innuendo and insinuation. The defense had bottom-lined their case. Pam didn't do the crime, someone else did. And that man was the drug-crazed millionaire who thought Triano cheated him, Neil McNeese. 
The defense has a pretty simple theory. Neil McNeese is the killer. What do you say? That they don't have any foundation or any solid factual basis to make that allegation. They claim McNeese had underworld ties. He had a kill list, and Gary Triano was on the top of that list. Correct. And do they have that list? No. They also didn't have McNeese. He died back in 2002 of a drug overdose. And they didn't have the alleged bomb maker, Jerry Capuano, either. He's dead, too. It's rather convenient, yes. It's always, it's always nice to accuse somebody who can't defend themselves. As for star witness Laura Chapman and her story that Pam once talked about hiring someone to kill Gary... That she should just hire a hitman. The defense says it never happened. There's a problem with your story in that the woman that was with you and Pam that day in the bedroom says she doesn't remember Pam saying this. That is not true. That is not true. I think she perjured herself. I think she knows exactly what was said. If the state is required to prove that... Of course, all of this was left up to the jury. And after 13 hours of deliberation, the jury spoke. To find the defendant, Pamela Ann Phillips, guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder as alleged in count one of the indictment. When you heard the words guilty, Guilty of conspiracy, guilty of first-degree murder. It's a complete frame. Here I said, and I am innocent. And the people that killed Gary Triano were out walking around. All right, let's go on the record in CR 2000. One month later, back in court... Ms. Phillips, would you give us your full name, please? Pam is sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. I just want everybody to know that I am innocent. I am innocent. I am innocent. I'm not that person. That You're not that evil, no. greedy, money-rubbing no. person who I'm would not. even kill no, for money. No, I, I would never harm anybody. It's gut-wrenching for me because I don't just think she's innocent. I know she is. Two juries have heard this evidence and two juries have convicted, Ron Young and Pam Phillips, right? Aren't you the one who's wrong here? No. You know why they were convicted? Juries believe that you're probably guilty these days because the state would never have brought the case otherwise. That's the way they think. Eckerstrom also blames the media. He says because of pretrial publicity and what he calls inaccurate media reports, he thinks the jury probably made up its mind before trial. Pam didn't have a chance going in. We had a thousand suspects. As for Detective Gamber, the man who spent 18 years trying to crack this case, it all came down to the hitman with an obsessive need to keep records of everything. Do you think there would have been a conviction without those audio tapes? No. So Ron, the con man, did himself in. He convicted both of them. This is a travesty of our whole judicial system. This could happen to anybody. You feel like you've been railroaded. Totally. Totally. I'm innocent. I am very, very, very innocent. Step in. Close the door. Is it weird to you, the person that you socialized with, hung out with celebrities, Donald Trump, 
the travel, the fun, the parties, the balls, the fancy dress, the lifestyle, is now a convicted murderer. Yeah, it's hard to believe that somebody could stoop so low. In the end, Pam Phillips will sit alone in a cell. Her grown children didn't even come to her trial. There will be no more ski trips with the Trumps, or golf getaways, or Vegas weekends. There is just the prospect of life in prison, alone with her belief that the system is rigged and that she is the innocent victim. Gary Triano's family sued Pam Phillips and Ron Young for wrongful death. They were awarded $10 million. The family has received far less than that. Look through the evidence in this case now online at 48hours.com. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.